0: From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And this is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mothers. Alright, so what beer-related things have you done lately, Miles? Consumption and
1: consumption only, unfortunately. Consumption
0: and consumption only. Okay. Well, I
1: I got thrown into the deep end at work. I had one week of training for a new position so that I could work one day a week. Mm. My boss wanted me to be able to have three weeks of training. So he wanted three weeks. I got one. And I think personally I would have been comfortable at around two. But after one week of training... I worked eight days in a row of just, like, not training. I'm just being the guy that I'm training to be. Mm-hmm. So instead of being a third person learning, I'm the second person. Oh, okay. And so that that's what I mean. And it was just a terrible, terrible week. Uh, ev- nothing went right, almost. Hey, I kind of had one of those weeks, too, this week. Right? Didn't you just talk about that?
0: Uh well I th- this was uh, I mean work related. Oh wise. okay. I had, I had a work week where nothing went well, and it all culminated in a very exciting uh night where our whiskey barrel arrived. Oh that's And right. then I got really drunk on whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Seems appropriate. And, not gonna lie. Uh, well, so that night started with uh, Pitchfork released their French Toast Ale.
1: That sounds fantastic. Uh
0: yeah, it had. In the beer itself, it was like a. I want to say it was like an amber or something similar, an amber or a brown ale. Okay. Um. And it had, uh, cinnamon, and French or uh, cinnamon and uh, maple syrup, in in the beer itself. Okay. And then they served it in like a snifter glass that was rimmed with cinnamon sugar. And it was amazing.
1: That definitely sounds like a a risk
0: no it was it was it was definitely a risk, and it paid off. It tasted like breakfast. It that, was awesome. I am totally down for that it though. was It was so much fun um I mean, don't get me wrong it was it was super rich and sweet and i I only had one just because it was rich and sweet and they had they they have their session i p a on right now, and I gotta get my fill of that while I can because that that'll go away, and then I won't get it anymore. And who made but, this again uh pitchfork. I went there
1: for the first time last week. Oh my week. god!
0: Finally, yes. What did you think? I really want to know honest opinions.
1: Well, okay, so I was on a party bus tour.
0: Okay, and was this I, the first or last stop,
1: or somewhere in between? It was actually the first stop. Okay, that's so, a perfect spot. Well, for okay, it then. technically it was the second stop. The first stop was the liquor store.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So
1: I, that doesn't quite count.
0: But you weren't you weren't hammered when you made it there first. No, 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 no I so, wasn't,
1: and I didn't actually have anything to drink because I didn't realized we were going to be stopping at a whole bunch of places quite like that. Oh. And so I didn't have the cash on me to to, to buy drinks. I was just banking on drinking all of the stuff I bought for the bus.
0: Yeah. And I spent like So you didn't have any so you went, but you didn't have anything.
1: I had their root beer actually and the I root got root beer's to, fantastic. Their the, oh it their was root beer so is good. out of this
0: world. And good. you know,
1: I don't I don't know his name, but he's the um he's the guy learning to be the master
0: the guy beer. with the big long beard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know his name, I just can't remember it right now. He
1: he allowed me to have that root beer for free.
0: Yeah, uh, if if, you're, if you are, if you are I guess, a sober cab or with a bunch of people drinking, they'll usually comp the root beer for you.
1: And he did, and I thought that was awesome. He was really smart, he was really nice, uh, so, were, so was the gal who was tending bar at the moment. And I did get to try a few of their beers, although I'm blanking, go figure, on which ones it were.
0: Okay, yeah, no, uh... I I'm a little bit of a pitchfork fanboy. It it was it happens. It's a quaint little place. Yeah. What what did you like their tap room? I, I did. really I really I did. enjoy the. I tap really room. did.
1: I, it's just quaint. It's to the point. It's got you know like this rustic kind of quality to it. And I got to play Rock'em Sock'em Robots.
0: Hey, nothing wrong with that. No, I fucking. I want to I want to get Mike to come on uh, Homebrew Bound uh, sometime. I also need to get him back on DOO and yeah. do like a thing because we did it right after they opened. Um and I want to do a either a cask uh episode with him because he does a he, I mean they do a different cask beer every week yeah um and or just something uh related to like they do a lot of loggers and so maybe a logger episode with them would be good too. And I they, they they do they they don't. Like they do a lot of loggers, but they don't necessarily have a traditional logging setup, and so it's really interesting to see how they how they do that stuff. I'm so
1: hit and miss on many loggers. I don't, I I don't know if I've had any of theirs. I am excited to try them though.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, you need to come up with me sometime. <laughs> next next time you're free, you you have like an afternoon free. Let me know, and we're gonna go up and have a few beers.
1: I will. But normally, when I say, "Hey, Casey, I have an afternoon free," you're like, "Sweet." Come to the podcast.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> get me on a Saturday. <laughs> I'll
1: take you up on that. We'll see this Saturday.
0: Well, this Saturday I'm going to Oliphant.
1: Oh, that's right. And I invited you to that already. <laughs> that is
0: true. <laughs> Are we stopping
1: to Pitchfork on the way?
0: There's a distinct possibility either on the way or on the way back. Uh, all right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, depending on how, how many beverages we have at Oliphant. <laughs> uh, Beer-wise for me, uh, well, Whiskey Barrel, which I'm really excited about. Yep. Uh, yeah. We... We apparently have the recipe ready, uh, so we have the collab brew coming up on the twentieth, and that'll be the first one. How how many how many uh, batches do you think we can get through that barrel before we have to sour it?
1: We did for our last one. We did about four beers, okay. But I think by the fourth one, it had soured itself for one reason or another, okay. Uh, due to probably half a dozen different reasons, All right. but. Uh they usually say two to three good batches um and, and then, then a fourth maybe, and then of well, I think after that you stop getting any wood quality from the oh barrel, okay. and you just get any um, spirit quality All that right. you put into the barrel
0: because I was looking at the recipe for the uh the stone farking wheaten woot stout okay two point and that looked really interesting, and so I might have a talk with you guys because they used pecans in it. And pecans threw me. And I'm like, that could be either a really good flavor or a bad one. Tommy
1: Knocker, I think, did a pecan.
0: Yeah, they they used, pecan like, pecans beer. and uh, uh, maple syrup. Maple syrup and... Yeah. That wasn't a
1: bad... Be- it, was, it was sweet or... It was rich. Not quite my thing, but it wasn't bad by okay. any means. So, I Yeah, I don't I can know. I,
0: I'm excited to do some big beers because big beers haven't really been my thing. And so, I've been kind of... Knocking around with a few recipes that I like to try, and then once that barrel sours, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll we'll, we'll have s- a field day. We'll have a field day, and then we'll, I guess, I'll have to get another barrel because I'm yeah. kind of excited for barrels now. It's my new thing
1: for good reason, and I'm totally on board.
0: All right. Uh, other than that, I have a bunch of beer sitting fermenting over here, uh, yes. and you know that. So my original plan was to have. Uh like I we made 20 gallons that day. 15 of it is mine. Yep. And I was going to do 15 gallons of Berliner vice and I recently decided that's too much Berliner. And so I haven't soured the other the others one yet. I just used German ale yeast on it and then I was going to uh lacto it afterward after the fact. Sure. To bring that sourness out, but now I'm thinking of doing uh two different fruit wheat beers. One watermelon, of course. Uh but here Here's here's my question. So the last watermelon weed I did, um, I I just juiced. Uh, I got, I think it was like two gallons of watermelon juice or oh, something like right, that. Oh, that's right,
1: and it was a sticky mess.
0: Well, it it was a sticky mess, but the beer turned out fine. It was just a little on the watery side, yeah. right? Because I mean, there's a wa- lot of water me- or a lot of water in watermelon juice. Go figure. Uh, Say that five times fast. Yeah, so I was thinking of getting the same amount of juice and then boiling it down to a syrup. Yeah. Do you think I would lose any flavor that way, uh, or do you think it would concentrate it more?
1: No, it, it would concentrate it more, and it would also depend, I think, a lot on the the quality of boil. If you're looking to just concentrate it or, you know, condense the sugars, you want to do, like, an exceptionally long, really light boil. Okay. Um because then you're not do- Then you're
0: not boiling off any yeah. of the volatiles.
1: Well it's not just that, you're also not forcing any any other chemical reactions to happen within. Okay. Uh and that's something you get with sugars at higher temperatures.
0: Yeah, and that 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 was that was the uh, that was uh, that was kind of my question. Is I think that would work out better because then I would reduce the amount of liquid I'm already adding to what's gonna be uh, after I add the the sugars into it. A four and a half percent beer.
1: The other thing that is possible is to just account for the water in the first place. Have a have a bigger beer that gets watered down.
0: Well, and I already have the three and a half percent beer done. Yeah, and so I'm thinking, just add the sugar in. Yeah, and I don't think it'll thin it out too much. I think I should be okay there. Um, I've tasted it, and the the mouthfeel is still pretty solid. So, but
1: yeah, I I would go with the uh, the long the long low boil. Okay,
0: uh, and then the other one, uh, I'm thinking blueberry.
1: I'm just not a fan of watermelon or blueberry in a beer for the really? most part. Yeah, I don't know blueberry.
0: I like and my thing is I've I've never done blueberry in a beer and so okay. it'd be it'd be an experiment for me. Um I guess what what would what the other like because I I wanna do a fruit or a spice in this beer and I'm not we're just I'm I've been kicking out ideas around. Carlos and I have kicked a few around over over uh beers and stuff. Uh watermelon for sure because I really like watermelon and wheat. I don't know what it is, but it's 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 a personal favorite of mine. No, and, no yeah, that and that's fine. And
1: that's fine. Uh Watermelon, I can see it. It's just never been something that's jived with me. Yeah, uh, blueberry, I think is is a thing that's very hit and miss. A lot of, or, uh, with a lot of the other berry kind of flavors, and this comes from me trying like flavored liquors. Like flavored liquors, to me, taste awful.
0: When flavored to- liquors, I find are almost artificial, or they pull too much. They Alcohol, I mean, it's a solvent, and so, like, it pulls everything out. Yeah.
1: And and, and don't get me wrong. I've had a lot of good fruit beers, mm-hmm. including ones with blueberries. Um, but I've also had a lot of bad ones. Yeah. And so it's always a worry. And I don't necessarily know how to replicate the good ones with, while avoiding the yeah. bad ones. So. I don't know. Blue, blueberry and watermelon. There's just two on the, lo- the lower end of my list of ones I'd try first.
0: Uh, Well, uh, what would be one that you would try?
1: I think cherry is a very safe one to See, go See,
0: my thing is I'm bored with cherry beers because it is safe, and so everyone has a cherry beer. And that
1: is not something I'll argue with either.
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't argue with that. Um,
1: I would probably try and go f- or suggest something like boysenberry.
0: I don't like boysenberries or cranberries. If that's where you're going,
1: no, I wouldn't go cranberry necessarily. The the tartness is hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. I think a, a lot. Um, raspberries, blackberries.
0: The, Thought about raspberries and blackberries, but then we're like, I feel like if we're going raspberries, blackberries, we're just a stone throw away from blueberry.
1: Fair enough. You know, and and I would have the same reservations about raspberries and blackberries as I would blueberry but I like raspberries and blackberries better. True, true. So.
0: And I mean if we go if we go raspberry, uh it, there will be a nice tartness to that beer. Yeah. Um and so I mean I I I got to do it next weekend is what is my plan. Uh so I'm going to try to hopefully Saturday juice some watermelon do that long, or Sunday juice some watermelon do that long slow boil and see what happens.
1: Um also, if you were looking to try and make sure you kept a lot of those volatiles in, mostly covered, lid, a lid.
0: Yep. I mean, two gallons of liquid. Not a huge deal. I have a five-gallon, a, a five. Yeah, I have a five-gallon stock pot from when I started brewing. So, and that's kind of the stuff that this gets used for now. I actually used it when I was doing starters for that ridiculous weekend we did the other day. Oh my god, that was fun. So much beer. So much so beer. So much beer. I'm really excited for the Oktoberfest.
1: I am too, actually. Still
0: have not brewed that uh, Pilsner. I got distracted the next day. So I ended up only doing 50 gallons of beer that weekend instead of 60. Yeah, you
1: know, I can't say I blame you too hard. <laughs> Because, I mean, even the day I was, so I actually got to pull a Casey. I went to his brew day and did virtually nothing. Yeah, no, it's
0: great, isn't it?
1: It was fantastic. I got to be a standby. -er. Well,
0: and I, I, my favorite thing is I got to show you guys my, we're just going to get this brew done process. And
1: what did we call it?
0: Uh, No fucks given.
1: And it was fantastic.
0: It was. uh, I don't know. There there are days like my Oktoberfest, I took all the numbers and everything. Yeah. And I was I was on I was on board with that. But this I mean, super simple beer. We're doing twenty gallons of it. We know it's gonna turn out okay. I've done it before. Yeah. Just roll with it.
1: Yeah, and we yeah, we even talked about it that I had done a beer like that with Chad, who's been a yeah. recent visitor on the show a couple times. And I am enjoying that mentality. After so many years of putting so much effort into every single beer, but never see, living up to my own no, standards. Well, here,
0: here's here's the problem, is we've put the time in, so we can do that. Um, if you're a new brewer, put the time in, do the numbers and stuff, and then eventually you can get to, all right, I'm just going to throw this together because I know it's going to turn out in the end.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that very, very well because it's like uh, – In the early years, there are a whole bunch of really expensive gizmos that you can get that make brewing super easy to the point of almost it hardly even counts. Like, oh, you know, I just put stuff in this thing and then beer comes out. Did I brew a beer? Well, not really. You just kind of used a machine that makes the beer for you. Whereas at this point, I'm building the stuff that... Yeah. Kind of does Well, and that. you've
0: used it so many times. Like, I've lost count of how many brews I've done on my system. Oh, yeah. I really just don't know anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I can do a brew where I don't take numbers and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's probably not the best thing in the world, but I know it's a beer that I will drink and will turn out okay. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'm I'm totally on board with that mentality these days.
0: That's because I think you need a break, and then after I, after you after you've taken like that recharge period, you're gonna go. You're gonna dive in. I I I go in waves. Like it's definitely a sine wave for me with home brewing. <laughs>
1: Not a cosine wave. No,
0: no, no. It's a sine wave. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean cosine waves. I would start low, and then <laughs> got okay. No true story. <laughs> right there. Math jokes with our home brewing. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, should we go on to our listener email slash discussion topic since we're 17 minutes into into the show? All right. Uh, So we got a uh, listener email uh, this week from Nikki. Uh, She writes, uh, hey, Casey Miles. I love your podcast. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm a new home brewer out in Maryland. Uh, My husband bought me a fermentation bottling kit, uh, fast ferment conical fermenter. Oh, man. You have the best husband. (laughs) <laughs> uh, for my birthday this year, uh, I've gone to several classes at my local homebrew store, uh, Annapolis Homebrew. Uh, we've made a few kits and a few partial mash beers. Still learning, but excited to jump in and experiment with recipes slash clones. Moving to all grain now with one-gallon batches. One of yes. your people, Miles. Yes,
1: one of my people. Uh,
0: and we'll do larger amounts as soon as we can buy make our mash tun. Ah, see, they're going to my people.
1: With my information. <laughs>
0: uh I listened to one of your episodes recently where you talked about using turbinado sugar. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. You and Chad used turbinado. We,
1: we did. We used a lot of
0: it. Yep. Uh, I recently the mis- made the mistake of adding slash substituting honey to a recipe and ended up with a dry meat-like brew that's uh, missing something in the body drinkable but not great i had read something about being able to substitute honey for up to one pound of lme in retrospect i should have added less honey and not substituted it for any other fermentables to keep the body Um, i like the idea of using natural ingredients when i'm uh when it makes sense for the style can you and miles talk about uh, talk more about how to use or when to use different natural unprocessed sugars to enhance flavor, complement different beer styles. Uh, also, what are your favorite beers on the market that use some of these sugars? Honey, agave, etc.?
1: So, nice segue. So, Casey. I don't think that was a
0: segue. I think that was a.
1: <laughs> right? That was. <laughs> that was just a direct. Sugars. Word. Okay. So, Casey, you know me well enough. What is the first question I would otherwise ask? For a homebrew quiz, talking about sugar.
0: Don't do this to me, Miles. This is no. My we're doing this here and today. now, right now. Okay. Uh, the first question.
1: Yeah. What would the first question be?
0: What kinds of sugars can you use?
1: Nope. Even before that.
0: What is sugar?
1: Yes. What is sugar? Which is a surprisingly important question. Uh, with and-
0: what like what what is sugar within regards to homebrewing? Or just what is well, sugar okay, in general? Uh,
1: what okay, so step one, Webster. What would Webster
0: say sugar is? Uh, I don't know, a sweet fermentable substance. Uh,
1: it is a class of soluble, crystalline, typical sweet-tasting carbohydrates found in living tissues. Okay, so and and carbohydrate is probably the key. Well, term
0: I, I don't I don't think we need to use uh, crystalline as well, especially talking about this because I feel like maple syrup, like, uh, like
1: I said. Webster. Yeah. I know. So that, that was Webster's. Um but for us, what are the uh simple like basic sugars?
0: Um if if I'm going if I'm going off here, uh you have your corn sugar, okay, your white table sugar, all right. Um you have brown sugar, turbinado, right. uh honey, uh maple syrup, aga- I guess agave nectar would be on there. Agave nectar
1: would be on the list.
0: Um there's so many. <laughs> Okay.
1: Well, I was I was looking for a little bit more of a chemical answer because
0: Oh. oh. Yeah. Glucose.
1: Glucose is one. There's two more.
0: Uh sucrose.
1: Sucrose is not one of them. What? Sucro uh, and I'll explain why. Oh, no, hang
0: on. All right. So uh I guess lactose is a sugar. well. It is a it, sugar, it is but, but it's not sugar, one of the it's, basic it's ones. It's not a fermentable sugar either. Um dextrose
1: is not one. But, but what what?
0: Dextrose is a sugar?
1: It's not the basic ones. Okay, so there's there's glucose, fructose, and galactose. Okay. So those are what are referred to as monosaccharides. In other words, they are a single building block of other sugars. Okay. Uh, so there are other disaccharides and trisaccharides, and just in general, polysaccharides, uh, which are combinations of these building blocks. Okay,
0: so can, can I venture a guess here? Yeah. Uh, go for it, go all for right. it. So I, I'm i going to assume that monosaccharides, uh, when we're talking about brewing, monosaccharides will ferment out completely. 100%. Okay, uh, dye, tri, uh, they will leave you some body flavor, etc.
1: Not exactly. Well, Mo- uh, most of the disaccharides and trisaccharides will actually ferment out most of the way as well
0: oh okay well you say most of the way instead of completely so i feel there, like
1: there's because
0: uh, i mean dextrose will ferment out com- uh, mostly completely but it will leave uh some traces of I, I guess not necessarily body but it will add something to the beer
1: Yes, it, it will. And that's less because it's not fermentable and more because the yeast stopped carrying at a certain point. Oh, okay. And so that, that's more of a, uh, a byproduct of the way yeast acts uh, instead of whether or not it would ferment. Oh, okay. Uh, so the, the point here is that you can consider sugars as being made up of just these smaller pieces. And these are the monosaccharides, the glucose, fructose, and galactose. Um so they're effectively the building blocks. Uh sucrose is, sucrose for example is just a combination of glucose and fructose. So literally you just take one of each of them, pop them together, you have a sucrose and that's table sugar. Yep. And then maltose is two glucose molecules put together. Just snap them together, you got a glucose instead. And so those are both disaccharides. Okay. Uh let's see. So, what are the, some of the different sugars that can be used in home brewing? And you were you were giving me a nice comprehensive list just a moment ago. So let's see. Do you have any others that you might toss um, in there?
0: Man, there's so many different things you can use. I know I've used in my beers. I've used turbinado. Um, I've used table sugar. I've yep. used dextrose. I've, I've used lactose. Um, I have, well, and then, uh, I guess any of the fruit juices I've used would be fructose. Um, and I guess like those are the ones that I really have experience with. I've tried beers that have agave, uh, and, um, I've tried beers that have maple, maple sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, actually I've even used brown sugar in a beer. Um, Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I guess those, those are the ones that I've used. I know there's a lot more out there. Yep. Uh, So I I have a a short er, short.
1: It's it's long, but technically it's probably still a short compared to what's actually out there. Uh, Corn sugar.
0: Yep. Regular table sugar is
1: pure glucose. Uh, There's brown sugar.
0: While we're going through these, let's uh, let's talk about when you would add them to the beer and what you would get out of them uh, if you added them to the beer. And that way we can kind of kill two birds with one stone here. Fair enough. Uh, well, glucose is— So, yeah, just table sugar. Um, I would use that primarily as a priming sugar. Uh, like, if, you're, if Glu- you're conditioning—
1: Glucose is corn sugar.
0: Or yeah, corn sugar. Yeah, no, priming sugar. Like, I would use Oh, that. you said table sugar. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> they're the same thing. Glu- they're, corn they're sugar— wh- Glucol- they, they they will impart essentially the same flavor in Okay, beer. okay. That's that's what I'm getting at, beer-wise. Sure. Uh, corn sugar, table sugar, pretty much interchangeable beer-wise. Yeah. Um, you're going to, uh, I mean, if you add it, uh, like during the boil or during uh, fermentation, it's going to thin out your beer and bump up the ABV. And why is that? Uh, just because it doesn't. Add like it doesn't add any of the complex chains.
1: It's because it's one hundred percent fermentable. Yeah, there's nothing left behind. Yeah,
0: the it'll just ferment it out. It's the, kind of the same thing as candy sugar, except candy sugar will impart a flavor,
1: a, l- a little bit, uh, a, yep. li-
0: a little bit. Um, but yeah, no. So these are just going to they're going to ferment out cleanly. That's why it's the go to uh, when you get the little like white packets of sugar in your uh, homebrew kits. That's either table sugar or. Glucose.
1: The Gluc- corn sugar. Uh, corn sugar. Yep. Uh next one is brown sugar. I have here. And then as subcategories I have turbinado, demerara, and raw sugar. They can all be considered more or less variants of the
0: same thing. Yep.
1: This I did not know.
0: I didn't I guess I didn't know that either. Um, but brown sugar? When would you add that, Miles?
1: Uh brown sugar I'd probably add that late to the boil.
0: See, I am a fan of uh conditioning with brown. Okay. Uh because it will uh, if you condition with brown, you're gonna get that slight molassesy flavor. Sure. But it's not gonna thin out your beer.
1: Well, you know what you might consider is adding it at the beginning of the boil.
0: Then wouldn't you boil off the volatile flavors that you're looking for?
1: Well the the other aspects in a brown sugar aren't exactly volatile. They'll lend more towards the caramelization maler directions oh, as okay. well. Okay. And so that's that's one of the big uh, dichotomies, beginning or the end of the boil. Are are you just cleaning it so that it can be a sugar in your beer, or are you looking to caramelize party, a little yeah. bit of that and, and boil it for longer?
0: Okay. Yeah, I guess I never looked at adding uh, brown sugar earlier in the boil. That's not a bad idea, though. No, it, it to really just get that caramelization and bring that molasses forward. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So... Um, so for the
1: turbinado, demerara and raw sugar, these are subclasses of brown sugars that have been centrifuged to remove the molasses. So I, I, I guess um molasses is actually byproduct of refining white sugar.
0: Yes. Right. Uh but so like the brown sugar you buy at the store still has a bunch of that molasses yeah. flavor in yep. it. And then the turbinado and stuff would, I guess, have that removed.
1: Well, I mean, I I guess I always had it thought backwards. I thought Like um, brown sugar was sugar with molasses added and not white sugar is, you know, the brown sugar with molasses uh, removed. I
0: I learned that when I was researching rums. Yeah, makes sense. Funnily enough.
1: It's absolutely backwards (laughs) from what I ever thought, (laughs) Uh, which actually brings us to molasses.
0: Molasses is essentially the byproduct of refining sugar, which we just said.
1: It is. But that is not where I stopped because I wanted to know what molasses is. Okay. Other than being a byproduct. And so this is a little long and involved. That's fine. And a lot of it is unnecessary. Uh, The total sugar content in molasses is approximately 50% minor carbohydrates, uh, glucose, fructose, and raffinose and other polysaccharides. Some of the minerals found in molasses are potassium, sodium, calcium, and magnesium. About 20% of the total mass is non-sucrose organic matter. Uh in particular uh non protein nitrogen containing substances such as uh beta. Oh e yeah, yeah, we don't need yeah. any of this. Uh well I mean I, I personally found it interesting. No, I I, I, I completely understand. But we
0: just we have a lot of material to cover and not yeah. a whole lot of time. So. um
1: but yeah, so it's it's primarily sh- uh some of the bigger sugars, um
0: long dye chain. di and trisaccharides and, and then for uh other I guess, longer chains. Yeah. Um I guess i I like to use long and short chain as just like shorthand for fair enough,
1: yeah, so there 's a lot of long chain sugars in there as yeah. <laughs> well
0: so here here 's just kind of i and I know I said we have a lot of material to cover and not a whole lot of time, but so uh when we 're talking about sugars, you get a lot of base flavors, like molasses is a base flavor, yeah where you like, oh man, I really taste a lot of molasses, et cetera, in this beer. So if somebody says, "Well, what does molasses taste like?" How do you define that? Because I was just thinking about that, and I'm not really sure. Well, so
1: I don't know. I would probably end up using weird adjective words, <laughs> like it tastes like dark sugar,
0: um, <laughs> which <laughs> which tastes like molasses.
1: <laughs> exactly. You you get a lot of circular <laughs> definitions, but that's you know, but it's questions like that and thoughts like that that promote me to ask the the other questions like what actually is molasses, Mm -hmm. and then get the definition, well, it's a whole bunch of uh, long and short-chain things with other uh, minerals and stuff like that inside it as well. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I have a basis for comparison at least. Um, Yeah, I I would probably end up using weird adjectives uh, like
0: that. Kind of just a weird tangent thought I had.
1: No, it's true, because they're out there. Uh, For example, the next one. How would you say how would you explain to someone what does honey taste like
0: oh man I don't even know honey is a base yeah honey is a base flavor because I we even talked about it uh, on the Department of events this week uh, or I guess last no it'd be this week if you're listening to this episode um, the beer that we had had orange and honey in it and Carlos really got that honey flavor and yep. honey has a almost like a flowery sweetness. It, it's got like a uh, not
1: herbal. What
0: floral. floral? Floral floral sweetness.
1: It tastes the way floral smells. How, yeah. How does that?
0: That that works. Okay. That's and thinking about how honey's made. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so if I were to use honey, um, I think I would use honey uh, again as a conditioner. You can. Yeah. Or uh, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd use it in the boil. I don't think I would boil the honey. I think I would add it in secondary. Okay. Just to uh, make sure I don't boil because I feel like honey is a very delicate flavor. And I you can see that. Yeah. Don't want to boil any of those off.
1: Do you know why one might consider honey to be a delicate flavor? Why? Because it's ninety five percent sucrose. Okay. Where sucrose is 100% fermentable.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that leaves you with just the 5% other stuff. Uh maple syrup.
0: Maple syrup. This is a uh a big one especially around here. Um a lot of breweries are using maple syrup right now and using it in a lot of different ways.
1: I know I've I've seen some like breakfast-y sort of
0: yeah, using it in breakfast in beers, dessert. using it in big stouts.
1: Yeah, I mean, just end of the day, I'm just gonna like have this and be done with everything.
0: Yep. So maple syrup, Miles. Where's your favorite? Like I've seen it used everywhere in the beer, except the mash. I've never seen anybody mash with maple because that seems dumb. Uh, <laughs> it is, and, and there's a particular
1: reason why you you wouldn't want to mash with almost any of these
0: well yeah uh we'll talk about that at the end sure i think because uh, it's kind of a cover all. actually no no take it now why wouldn't we want to mash with these syrups because
1: the the enzymes that break down the sugars in the mash would also break down the sugars of your sugar a- into its constituent parts and you would lose the character of the, the specific of the, sugar the specific you, sugar yeah. in question yeah
0: all right anyway where's your favorite place to use maple syrup
1: I like that one as a primer,
0: I do too, yes, uh it there's just something about it, um though also late in the boil, also a fan of because then the entire thing it like there's a just a maple it it's not as prominent, it's there, hidden, and if you know to look for it, you can find it. It's like the hidden gem it it's an accentuate, yeah, it accentuates a
1: lot of the other flavors, it just gives that little nuance that just puts it together. No, uh, maple is fantastic. I've always loved it.
0: Maple's a fun sugar to use.
1: Have you ever heard of muscovado?
0: Heard of? Yes. Seen
1: or used? No. It's another brown sugar. Okay. That was that made it on my list, so I, I ended up putting it in there. All right. Uh, corn syrup.
0: That's going to be as, almost essentially the same <laughs> as using corn sugar.
1: <clears throat> uh, actually, it's not. It's um, composed of 42% fructose and 53% glucose, so it's only half corn sugar, effectively.
0: I feel like it's gonna give you the same flavors and stuff, though. Yeah,
1: I mean, both both parts there are still 100% fermentable. Yeah, Um, it's the other five percent as being uh, polysaccharides that may or may not affect the flavors here. Uh, Yeah, just another small amount. But
0: even, like, uh, corn syrup itself doesn't have a whole lot of unique flavor. Uh, It's pretty just sweet. And
1: and that's one of the reasons why they give it as a a priming sugar, because it's relatively non-flavor-contributive. It's just, like, very neutral. You use it, you can't tell that you used it. It's just you have a completed beer at the end.
0: Oh, you know, we forgot to talk about uh, certain styles that we'd use here. Oh, So uh, you, using the styles that would uh, impart flavors, uh, specifically brown sugars uh, and the syrups that we've listed uh, before this. So brown sugar, uh, what style would you use that brown
1: in? At brown ale and maybe light porters.
0: I see that, brown ale porters. Uh, I would even uh, certain stouts, brown sugar I think would be fine in. Yeah. As, uh, as long as it's not thinning the stout out. So as a priming sugar, brown sugar in a stout. Yeah, I can see that. Not in the boil. No. Or in secondary or whatever. Uh, Maple syrup. Maple syrup, yet another brown ale. And same thing. Uh, Actually, I think for the most part, any of these sugars that are imparting flavors, you're looking at uh, brown ales, porters, stouts. Any of your, I guess, darker beers that may or may not have had uh, malliard reactions already.
1: Yeah, I can see that, but we're going to get to a couple of different ones in just a second right. here. Uh, let's see, this one. This was just a random one that also made it on the list. Have you ever heard of tapioca sugar?
0: I've heard of tapioca pudding, and it's delicious.
1: <laughs> Do you know what tapioca syrup comes from?
0: I would assume tapioca.
1: It is not. It comes from the cassava tuber or yucca root. Why
0: isn't it from tapioca?
1: <laughs> and it's primarily maltose. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: candy sugar. Candy sugar. Belgians. Belgians. Absolutely. Absolutely Belgians. So, do you know what a candy sugar is? Uh, it's a syrup that I get at the homebrew shop that says candy sugar on.
1: (laughs) it. Have you ever heard the term invert sugar? Heard the term,
0: yes. Know what it means? No.
1: This was something that threw me off for a long time, and I never really looked too deeply into it, because it never made sense to me. Okay. But what an invert sugar is... It's a table sugar that's been given a hot water treatment.
0: Oh, okay. So kind of like uh, if I'm making simple syrup.
1: Yeah, yep. Uh, So I I think that's almost literally what it is by definition. Uh, So it takes sucrose and it breaks it down into its two constituent parts. Oh, okay. And so one of the the concepts being imparted is that it's almost a perfect 50-50 blend of glucose and fructose.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, so, why are we adding this to Belgians? I am not entirely sure. <laughs> uh, so, you would especially add this if you're making uh, triples or quads. Yep. Uh, and this oh, is I this is a yeah. This is essentially to boost the ABV and give you that uh, without
1: boosting the body.
0: Yeah, boost the ABV without boosting the body because you want these beers to be light, super carbonated. And just go down super easy and just get you super hammered without thinking about it. <laughs> yep.
1: And then uh, one of the things to know is you have very, or you will often find varying colors of candy sugar.
0: And they will all impart a slightly different flavor. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the, the depends color, on your palate.
1: The color is more significant than the flavor. Yes. But uh, basically the, the way this stuff is made is you take sugar, water, and a little bit of acid and you boil it for a long time. And then the longer you boil it, the the darker it gets.
0: Yeah. Well, and the longer you boil any sugar, it's going to caramelize. And yep, that's the, where your other flavors are going to come Maillard from. caramelization
1: and reactions and that. Yep, exactly. Uh, rice syrup solids. Have you ever heard of that stuff?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have. Do you know where I've heard of that stuff? Where? Man, there's this company called AB InBev. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. <laughs>
1: Uh, Rice syrup solids are a, they're 65 to 85% maltose with some maltotrios and other dextrins. If you
0: would like to taste some, uh, go find yourself a Bud Light.
1: Or a Budweiser.
0: Or a Budweiser. And yeah, you can taste, and it doesn't really taste like anything. Maltodextrin. Maltodextrin. I know this. Hang on. (laughs) just give it to me.
1: I uh, it's actually a combination of long chain sugars. Okay. of varying length and nondescript sizes. Uh the idea is that it's unfermentable. It adds sweetness without taking away Kind of from like body. lactose. Yeah, exactly. It's unfermentable and it just That's why sits no malto. Okay, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah.
0: So you just that so if you if you have a if you have a beer that ends up a little thin, dump some malto in it and it'll thicken it up real yep. nice.
1: And then the last one I have on my list here real quick is maltose.
0: Uh, That seems fermentable.
1: It is two glucose molecules just put together. We talked about that earlier. Absolutely, yep. Uh, So a thing to note is that all of these will ferment at least 75%, uh, except maple sugar, which only ferments out to about 65% of its weight. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So. Which is why uh, maple is a really nice additive because it will impart a decent amount of flavor.
1: So, how do yeasts behave around these different sugars? Uh,
0: it depends on how much you add and what the current ABV of your beer is. I feel like because I mean, if you add, if you add a crap ton of like table sugar to a beer that's already uh, like. 7 8%, and you're going to bump it up more, and you're just using, a, like, say, a regular, like, ale yeast, you're only going to get about, I don't know, 12% out of that.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I didn't know is that um yeasts actually pick and choose which sugars they eat first and second and third and fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's actually quite intriguing, if you ask me. Um I have a bit here. Even though sucrose usually comprises only a small percentage of the word, studies have shown that most brewers' yeast strains seem to work on it first, breaking it down to glu- glucose and fructose. Once the sucrose is broken down, the yeast cells continue to glucose, uh, followed by fructose, then maltose, and then maltotriose. Okay. Which And, and one of the things to note is that um, instead of just, like, fermenting one of these straight through, what it does is it will take it in, break it up into its constituent parts, and then it actually goes through the fermentation process. And so that's one of the things I wanted to to really kind of drive home is that most sugars really are just made up of these three primary elements. And when broken, and the yeast will break them down into their constituent parts before they end up getting fermented through. And that's why you don't see sugar-heavy recipes almost ever.
0: Okay. Um, just before we wrap up here, uh, why wouldn't you want to substitute, uh, honey for LME? Uh, it's because... Especially uh, in a one-to-one ratio. Well, the
1: the one-to-one ratio isn't, well, I I think part of the problem is, is you got to look at the percentages going within the, within the beer. It's like if you're talking about a really light beer, you know, substituting a pound for pound might be way more... But if you're talking about a really big, heavy stout, you know, maybe that's not so much. But the problem comes in is when you look at what any one of these sugars is made of, like 90 to 95% of it is going to ferment away. And that's going to lead towards the dry, light-bodied, alcoholic aspects that it will contribute to the beer. And then it's that last 5 to 7% that actually gives the quality that makes it worth putting in in the first place. And so you want to go lighter on the sugar or lighter on the sugar in general, so you're not...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you need to remember that LME also has those proteins yep. and uh, those long chains that just simple, uh, like, I mean, honey even won't have uh, because, I mean, it is a malt extract. And so you have everything that you're getting from malt in that.
1: Yeah. No, that that's very, very true. So, I don't know. Uh I would say some of the some of the last notes here uh the best places to add sugar do not put them in the mash tun at the end of a boil is a really good place to put it because you get to it goes through the boiling and uh sanitation process yep. like it does with the rest of the beer uh there's not as much benefit putting it into the fermenter as opposed to the end of the boil?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's really any at no, all. No, uh, the other place... The yeast still eat it no matter what.
1: Yeah, and then the other last or the other place would be using it as a conditioner. I as guess the, to an the only
0: thing I can uh, think of is adding it to the fermenter versus the boil is if you are going to stop fermentation early and... Uh, Then stall like so you really want that sweetness and the the taste of the sugar there. That is a whole Um, new ball of wax. That is a whole new ball of wax. And I've never really seen that done with beer. I see it done with ciders and meads a lot.
1: Yes. So I guess that wraps it up for us tonight. Did you learn stuff about sugars?
0: Learn stuff about sugars. Did did, you learn stuff about sugars? I did.
1: It was actually quite fascinating for me.
0: Well, Nikki, thank you for sending in this email and giving us this awesome topic to talk about. Uh, Everybody learned something, and I hope we answered all of your questions. Uh, Well, if there there are things I want to say here. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we got this. How's that working out for you? All right. Uh, so if you guys want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash Studios and become a patron today. Or if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to studios.com, Click on the Amazon link at the bottom of the homepage. Do your regular Amazon shopping, and then we get a bit of a cut. It's fantastic. It helps us out, and it's really easy for you to do. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewstudios.com or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week.